Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. We thank God for this opportunity. And um, it's nice to be able to fellowship face to face after COVID. <laughs> we thank God for everything. Um, by God's grace, this morning, we are going to be looking at the theme armed for revival. Um, we are going to be looking at some scriptures you know very well, and some maybe not obscure, but scriptures that will show us and teach us what God intends to do with our lives. So, whether we like it or not, you will agree with me that all of us need to be on fire for Jesus. Now, being on fire, being passionate for the Lord Jesus, is not just for yourself. It's not just so that you can be working with the Lord. It's also because God is depending on you and me to reach out to set other people on fire for him. So, when we are talking about revival and being armed for revival, God wants to revive your life, revive my life. Like my brother has already said, this nobody graduates from revival. You are always at it. Because fire does not keep does not doesn't keep burning a big fire like that. If you do not feel fire, it stops. If fire doesn't have something to burn, it will stop burning. That's the word of God. One of the things, please come in, come in. You're welcome. You're welcome. Please. <coughs> so, Just yeah. <clears throat> so we are like I said, we want to we are talking about being armed. And what I mean by armed is A R M E D. You are being armed for revival. And that's what we want to talk discuss. And by God's grace, like I said earlier, we are going to look in at scriptures and I was just trying to say that every one of us <clears throat> We need, we want to be close to Jesus, we want to walk with Him, we want to have a relationship with Him. And if you are here, you don't have, and deep in your heart, there's no need to pretend. We are not, um, I don't want you to feel ashamed about it at all. If you are here and you feel, ah, my relationship with Jesus is, is down, actually, this is the place to be. <laughs> Because we are talking about being revived. And like I said, if your work with Jesus is your work with Jesus is not only for you, God is depending on you and me to reach out to people, to affect people. Do you know, even if you say you will not affect anybody, hmm? 
the, the whims of life will pass through. It's as a young person. If you say, oh well, I'm not, let me just be myself, keep to myself, I'll just be following Jesus myself. You know? There are some people that think like that. Whether you like it or not, one day you get married. Is it it? Most likely, most likely you get married. You are going to have children. As a father, you will now understand why you want your children to follow Jesus so that they can have a smooth, not a smooth, but a, a, a loving relationship with God so that they can actually walk with God themselves. And you find out that even you, the burden of trying to reach out to people comes on your shoulders. So, this issue of being on fire for Jesus, being close to Him, like I said, it's not only for you. God is wanting you and me to reach out and affect other people for Jesus. Not just bringing them to, to the knowledge of Jesus, but also they too need to be on fire. How does do you know you know how fire spreads? I'm sure you people know. And I don't need to talk to you about how fire spreads. But spiritual fire spreads the same way. If somebody's on fire now, do you know how restless? Maybe you've not seen I know it's gruesome, but please permit me to use it. Somebody who is on fire, I'm sure you've seen it in films, isn't it? Yes. If fire starts now, do you think I'll still be standing and smiling? Fire is burning my trouser. And I'm saying yes. So, brethren, let's look at what we think that will happen. Do you think I'll just be still? No. Somebody who is on fire is restless. He's all over the place. He's trying to put out the fire. But you see, spiritual fire is akin to that. It's almost similar to that. What spiritual fire wants to do is spiritual fire keeps, keeps the person alive in Christ. But also, that spiritual fire will also need to spread to the next person or to his friends or her relations or his family so that fire will continue to spread. Fire will just continue to spread. That's what God wants to achieve with us. And and if you go through scriptures, that principle is what Jesus brought. Jesus was on fire hmm, for God. What did he do? He affected 12 people. Or 11 people as well. Huh? He affected 11 people. 11 disciples. Those 11 disciples did not just sit down. They too went out to affect others. So you also had the 120. You, you hear of people like Stephen and Philip. Philip went to Samaria to preach the gospel. And people were saved. How did Philip catch his own fire? Was he not from, by God's grace, the influence of the apostles on his life? That's why I do not underestimate this kind of meeting. Do you know, when we gather like this, I'm sure you will feel much more comfortable when there are a lot of people here, isn't it? But honestly, I pray you understand that the one person you relate with, if you have a friend and you keep telling the person about Jesus, and that person knows the Jesus, then you tell him, 
don't think you are what you've done is not right. You don't know where that one person will go. You don't know what that one person will do later in the future. The Jesus you have been able to affect that person with will also go and affect another person. Do you know? Do you remember Philip in the Bible? Philip spoke to him, the Ethiopian eunuch. Do you remember? Do you? That was how the gospel got to Ethiopia. Excuse me, when Philip was talking to the Ethiopian eunuch, I don't think Philip said, You see, I'm telling you, you need to receive the Lord Jesus so that you can preach them in Ethiopia. Honestly, that was not Philip's plan. Maybe it was his plan, but it was not recorded in the scriptures. All Philip wanted to do was, let me explain the word of God to this man. And the Bible said, immediately Philip finished, that was it. And the man went away, praising God. He was the man that took the gospel to Ethiopia. So from one Philip, the gospel went to Africa. Excuse me, did Philip ever set his foot in Africa? As far as we know, no. We, we keep talking jokes in my house. Eh? Maybe one of my daughters might marry a Japanese. No problem. No problem. We'll go and be in Japan. <laughs> no problem. But as long as, as long as my influence on the children affects their family, that will be good. It will be painful. You see, we keep teaching our family, uh, the kids the Bible, the Word of God. And I was challenging them. I said, and I've already started, started talking about these things. It will be painful and a waste if they grow older eh? and they have their own families and they are not teaching the Bible. Of what use is them learning the Bible now? It's not just for them. It also, they also know that they have to reach out to their own friends, their own families, so that they can love the Lord. So, as a preamble, I think we should have a good context in which to study the Word of God this morning. We are going to open scriptures. Let's look at the book of Jeremiah. And I just want to be sure that, yes. So, Jeremiah So I just bear with me. Yeah. Bear with me. I got my scriptures mixed up.
อยากกลับฟอร์มเจอไหมครับฟิชมอนเจอไหมครับฟิชมอนจะกลับฟิชมอนเราบุกมุกแต่บัสเอาวิดฟอร์มบัส21 22 and 21 So that by God's grace, I should be able to reach out to others for the Lord. So now, look at the Word of God, and I'm praying that you will read the Word of God with faith in your heart. Verse 20, chapter 51, verse 20. It says, "You are my battle axe." This is the Lord speaking, and weapons of war. For with you I will break the nations. The nation in pieces. With you, I will destroy kingdoms. With you, I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you, I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. With you, also, I will break in pieces man and woman. With you, I will break in pieces old and young. With you, I will break in pieces. The young man and the maiden, and in verse three, with you also I will break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. With you I will break in pieces the farmer and his yoke of oxen. And with you I will break in pieces governors and rulers. May God grant you a new understanding. We will study that scripture briefly and connect it with other scriptures. In the Bible. Now, let's let's look very closely. This is the Lord speaking, and like I said, I'm praying and I'm hoping that these words will meet with faith in your heart. You're welcome. The Lord says, "You, me, you are His battle." This is God speaking. It's not me. And you see, I used to think about it. Is it that God cannot just do what He wants to do? There is war in Ukraine, isn't it? Can God just say, "I'm going to stop this now," and He will snap His finger, and everybody will just freeze? All the soldiers will drop their guns. God can do it, but you see, God has chosen that He has to work with us. That's God. God. That's how God is. If you can, if God is trying to bid you to do His will and you don't do it, do you know what He does? He doesn't do it Himself. He goes to find another person who is willing to do it. So when the Bible is saying, God is telling you, God is telling me that you are His battle axe, it means the Lord wants to do a lot of things. Now I know 
you've been reading, I will, with you, you will break, with you, you will break. And you know, when you hear the word break, you just feel, ah, does that mean I'm going to scatter and cause trouble? Actually, the opposite. Because human beings, all of us need to be broken. We need to be broken under God so that we can do His will, so that we can keep loving Him. The problem with us, the natural man, is that we are not broken. Do you know, even if you, you might, I, I'm sure you've seen it, the most innocent of people still has a deep pride inside his heart. Yes. All of us need to be broken. Honestly, as I read this scripture, the first thing, as I kept reading it, I saw, with you, I will break. With you, I will break. And now, what came to my heart very strongly was, before I can be used as a battle axe to break, God should have broken me first. You see, it is the man who is broken under God that God can use to break other people. Honestly. And this principle is consistent with the word of God. Do you know somebody? Let's just just let's just share together. Who do you know was broken? And by the time God broke him, God now raised him and he was used. In fact, we are still enjoying his ministry up to today. Ha! Thank you. That's the best question that comes to mind. Peter. Don't worry. You see, did you see my Bible study? We are going to be discussing that one later. You see? Paul was broken. Is it? it? He, because of the break, his name changed. To show you how effective the breaking was in his life. Paul was riding high. With all his Pharisee knowledge, he was harassing Christians. Until the Lord Jesus encountered him and broke him. Now, as he was being used of God, the aim was he was going to be used to break others. And God used him. An example is Moses. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. Is it? Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. Did you not see? As, and honestly, I can imagine the kingdom of Egypt in those days. A young prince. Excuse me, will he not be powerful? Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Will he not be powerful? Do you think Moses gets up in the morning to, if he's going to have a shower? Eh? He goes to have it just like that. Do you know all his clothes, his wardrobe? Just imagine it. Just imagine. Moses wardrobe. Who is it? Uh, just, you are interested in fashion design, is it? Can you imagine somebody's wardrobe being from here to there? And he has like six, seven uh, <laughs> attendants. They've already chosen what he's going to wear. And then he wakes up because he can't go through the, the thousands of clothes. He has somebody who has chosen it. Isn't it? He chooses it. They, or they choose it. And then 
it, it looks at this and I'm not interested. It looks at this one and I'm not interested. This Moses, the prince of Egypt. But you see, God was going to use him to deliver the children of Israel. So what did God do? God had to break him. You see, when God started talking to him and encouraging his heart about the things of God, how he was going to go and save the people of Israel, he didn't understand. So he started killing them one by one. Is it? Or not killing them one by one, but he, he got, he saw, do you remember that story? He had, he saw that an Egyptian was beating up and being harsh to a Jew. So what did you do? He killed the Egyptian and covered the body. So how was he going to deliver the children of Israel? He didn't understand. He thought he could do it himself by his power. But that didn't happen. So God had to show him how he can be empowered. But you see, if God gives you his power now, if now, my brother, you can you can cannot go and give the sick. You can raise, you can raise the dead. If you are not broken, that power will kill you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That power will kill you. That's the matter. So all of us need to be broken. You are welcome. Like I was saying, all of us need to be broken. We all need it. That's why I'm not excluding myself from this. From this. If God is going to raise me up as a battle axe to break, eh, to bring people under the subjection of the Lord Jesus, I need to be a broken man myself. Do you understand? Like I was giving an analogy. If you preach to somebody, or you spoke to somebody, and the person gave his life to Christ, and he's so, the person is so excited, and he's happy, and he becomes your friend, and you keep showing him the word of God, and all that, you need to keep a close eye on your heart for you not to be proud. I've gone to, I've gone to places to go and preach. Eh? And <laughs> the introduction is big. I now want to invite, they want to introduce me. I now want to invite the man of God of our time. What is that? Man of God of our time. I tell you, he's a great man of God. Ah, you know, <laughs> if you are not careful, you too will be saying yes. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Mm. In fact, when they call you to come and speak, eh, because you are so proud, it's affecting the way you even walk. So you just be walking slowly. You even change the way you talk. So praise God. Hallelujah. You don't you are not naturally posh, but you decide because they've elevated you. You just want to be posh. Say, brethren, can you open your Bibles? To Jeremiah 51. If you don't have the Bibles here, just just follow me. You know, all because of pride. 
So, if I am not broken, I will spoil God's work. Do you know God will just be looking at me and say, ah, why is he behaving like that? What are we giving him that is already proud? Supposing I give him a billion dollars, that's how he will kill himself. Do you see? We all need to be broken. Because pride, the Bible says, comes before a fall. Isn't it? So if you if you are going to fall now, before you fall, you have to be proud first. And we have to be careful. And it's not just it's not just in church. You help somebody in your place of work. Huh? And that person is so proud of you. He's so excited. And what you did, you only, in fact, what you did, you did it by chance. <laughs> and everybody's praising you. What is happening in your heart? Have we, have we been in such moments when you've done something wonderful and everybody's just excited about you and people are running around you? How, what happens to you? You know, even the language says, oh, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of what I did. The language doesn't even help you. There is nothing you have that you want to see. So when people are praising you, what should you do, please? Honestly, have Just let me let me advise you. Huh? Just as they are shouting all those praises, you might not be able to stop them. Just say, Oh God, it's you that should be praised. When I go and preach and I say, Oh, Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you. I say, Thank God. Okay, it was so wonderful. And there's a brother. I like him. He always reminds me. He will come. Thank you for the message. But let's have it. Yes. We need it. We need to remain broken at all times. Why? So that through your humility, God can use you to break others. Now, look at what the Bible says. Sorry, I'm still on my You are my battle axe. Excuse me. What did this the Lord talking? He said, You are his battle axe. You are not your own. You understand? When God is saying, You are my battle axe, He's saying, You are not your own. You are the mine. You are the Lord's. You get it? You are for Him. He's to use you. So there is no place for boasting. There's no place for pride because you are you are you belong to the Lord. When you understand that whatever God uses you to do, whatever God uses you to achieve, you are the Lord's, you will remain humble. So when we are talking about being revived, these are the little principles, or should I say the foundation we need to lay so that we can Keep growing in the river all the time. You see, God wants to do so much to us. But let me tell you, if the vessel or the instrument God is going to use is not prepared, God can't wait until that vessel is prepared so that it can be used. Honestly. Because and and an unprepared vessel, an unprepared instrument might cause you damage. Do you remember that scripture? When the axe is blunt, let's look at it. Just bear with me. Put your um, Bible reader or 
or Martha on that Jeremiah 51, we'll come to it. Look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes. I didn't use my first accent. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Look at it in verse 10. Ecclesiastes 10, 10. What, do, what does it say? It says, if the axe is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Do you see that God, even you as his battle axe, you need to be sharpened. You need your edges, the edges of your life. All the crooked, all the um, hidden secret sins you have, God needs to shave it off. So that you can be a sharpened battle axe you can use. You understand? We need sharpening. You see knives, if you use knives for your cutting and everything, you need that knife to be sharpened. If you sharpen it today, and you have to do a lot of chopping, cutting chicken, cutting meat, cutting vegetables. That the sharpness of the knife does not remain forever. That knife needs more sharpening. If it's going to cut big steak, for instance. So the edge is sharpened. So beloved brethren, what God wants to do with you and me is that as his battle acts, what's he going to do? He wants to sharpen your life. That's why we are, you see, you go back to, you are being in front of the TV now, watching, you see, I'm using talk show. Eh? Saturday talk shows. Or Saturday kitchen. You can be, what's wrong with having a line? Tell me. No. Saturday, you just relax. You just remember today, Saturday, ah, just, and it's cold. You just, you believe higher over your head. Isn't it? But you are here so that you can be shackled. Eh? And you are here to be shackled, not so that you go and say, Yes, I'm now a battle axe. <laughs> no, it's so that you will go and affect other people for you. If you are, like you said, if you are not broken, if you are not shackled, you can't be used. And excuse me. Sharpening at times is not pleasant. It's painful. Thank you. It's painful. We need to review. I'm not here to make you feel bad. But please, I beg you by the message of God. All those crooked, crooked ways you have, you know you have a bad habit. Please, this is an opportunity. Bring it before the Lord. Bring it before the Lord. You see, in church, all of us are, you know, sanctimonious. Yes. And we, we keep cracking this joke all the time, isn't it? You are in church, and I step on you by mistake. Once I step on you by mistake, who will say sorry? Most likely it's you that will say sorry. <laughs> 
to show you how sanctimonious you are, you will say sorry. I stepped on you. But let it happen outside. Do you know, some of us drive. Eh? You know how bad it can be when suddenly somebody just cuts in front of you. Is it? Yes, it happens. That boiling anger, what's God saying? Sharpen it off your back lines. That anger, God wants to sharpen it off. You see, because as you sharpen it off, God can walk through you. The Bible says, Blessed eh, are the pure in your heart. Eh? But because what will happen? They will see God. Do you want to see God walk through your life? Honestly, keep sharpening off this bad edges of your life. Don't, as a young person, don't let people laugh at you and say, ah, it's just a, it's a, it's a, I don't have to come with you. See, I'm getting old. In those days, we used to call those who are serious Christians, Joneses. Do, do they use that now? Joseph, no. What time do they use? Ah, tell me you don't know. Oh, no. Thank you. What do they use to do that? What are people who, what do they, tell me. What do they, you don't know? Oh, religious? Eh? So those Christians in your, in your school, or people, what do, what do people call you when they notice that, oh, you're just being nice and good? You, you do not call you anything. Ah, you people are well connected. That's lovely. You mean they don't call you anything? Yes. You are You are not cool. Can you imagine? A teenage boy who wants to be serious with his academics is not cool. What is cool? Eh? I know those who are wearing uh, jeans. Yeah. Uh, and they are, they are dragging their feet. Uh, they've turned the jeans here, 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 here. Those are the ones that are cool. Please, I beg you. I'm begging you by the message of God. This is the highway of righteousness and democracy. Uh, if you are trusting that God is going to use you, if you want to be on fire for Jesus, you follow this highway of righteousness. Honestly, I am not ashamed to say it because. I have a little experience in life to know that this is the right way. The other way of being cool leads to destruction. Honestly, I've seen it. The Bible is teaching it. I'm seeing it as it's teaching it. I'm seeing it. People who are loose, who don't want to be corrected, young people who don't want to be corrected at all, go and check how they turn out. Honestly, I'm praying that you young ones, hmm? please permit me to call you young ones. Don't worry, you are still young. Right? Please, I want you to be serious with your work with Jesus. I know you are in the minority. I know there are only few of you. But you see, fire doesn't care whether it is small or big. When fire is going to burn a whole place, most times it starts like a spark. 
fire does not start most times with an explosion. It can start with an explosion, yes. But a small candle light that you leave unguarded and it burns this. And as long as that fire is not put out, what happens, please? This whole place will be on fire. So I want to encourage you. If you are going to be God's battlers, allow Him to train those crooked edges of your life. So let's go back to Jeremiah. I think I will soon will soon um, stop for a break. So going back to Jeremiah, look at the word of God. Um, so Jeremiah 51 verse 20. He says, you are my backer. So we've, just to recap, we've, we've, we've highlighted the point that you are not your own. You are the Lord's. And that you are his battle axe. I will talk about the fact that as a battle axe, you need to be sharp. Some of the things that makes your life crooked is sin and disobedience, internal rebellion, not just against authority, but also against God. Those things need to be sharpened off your heart, your life. Now, look at what the Lord has said again. He said, and you are also his weapons of war. In that same verse. Let me tell you. God is, uh, we, we keep, I've said it there before. Please permit me to repeat myself. God is not going to bring another Joshua from the dead. Do you understand? God is not going to bring Moses back. If God is going to destroy the works of the enemy, who is he going to use? It's you and me. We are his weapons of war. We are his weapons of war. We need to understand that God is looking up to you and me. We are the Christians on duty. You see, the rota in heaven. Your name is on the rota. Or you don't know. My name is on the rota in heaven. Eh? 1976. My, if you start to check the rota in heaven. You understand what you are saying? The rota, the roster. Hmm? Let me not call it rota. Roster. You understand it, isn't it? The roster in heaven has my name there. Eh? Aki George. They've even put the time on which they put the time on which the number of years I'm there for. That is your period. Hmm? That's the period on which you'll be on the roster. All of us have a specific time. If Christ starts, eh? excuse me, Leo, are you, do you think you live to 180 years? No. I don't think in the roster in heaven, eh? your name has been put next to duration of duty, 180. I don't think so. In fact, my own principle is once I reach 70, honestly, eh? um, I look at, I say, God, as my time is my time not up yet. <laughs> Honestly, it's getting shorter and shorter. It's getting shorter. The time on which you do this Christian duty is getting shorter. 
How much have you done? That's the question. So God is saying, you are his weapon of war. God wants to achieve a lot on this world, in this world. But he's not going to bring back um, um, Paul. How great he was. Isn't it? He was a great man. For God. But he's not going to bring him back. You know, we've read that scripture before here. Hmm? The Bible says, a living dog is better than a dead lion. Do you understand? You do, do you understand that scripture? See, because you are alive here, and you are alive now, you are better than Paul. You are alive. you get it? You are better than him. Because God cannot use Paul now. What God is using is what he used Paul to do. The writings, the ministry he had. But Paul is, he has gone to rest. He has finished his own rotability. Do you understand? When you check Paul's roster in those days, it was <laughs> Paul, eh? son of Tarsus. He lived from this year to this year. When he finished his roster duty, he went home. Me and you are the ones in roster, roster duty now. God is looking for those weapons and use. You understand? So we don't have an option. Oh, well, you do, but uh, it will not be a good option. We are his weapons of war. And he wants to use us to do all that. Now, I will just highlight very quickly. He said, for with you, do you see the next part of that verse? That's why I love the word of God. I just thank God for, for his word. Look at that next part of that verse. So the Bible says, you are his weapons of war. But the next part says, for with you. With you. God is saying, I'm going to do this with you. You can't do it on your own. Excuse me. You enter your kitchen one day. And suddenly you just see your knife. Leave the cupboard. Your knife. Eh? Kitchen knife. Leave the cupboard. And it just went. And was cutting onions by itself. Have you seen that before? No. Eh? You just suddenly, I know you've seen it in all these cartoons and all that. That's cartoon. You suddenly see a, 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 a cup just go, a cup just moved from the shelf, went to the, to the tap. What? And the cup just, the, the, the cup just opened the tap itself. And what has that gushing out into the cup? If you see that, what will happen to you? Can you, wait, can you even see that? I know what some of you do. I trust. What was some of you doing? Tell me what you did. What were you doing? Huh? Thank you. I know. <laughs> Live streaming. <laughs> Brother, can you see the knife that is cutting on your I know. You immediately. You will even go and check and say, what is happening? Just want to capture it. And because it's a spiritual thing, you go and check your phone, you won't see the, the video. <laughs> you see, all I'm just saying is the Bible is saying, God is saying, with you, you can't do it on your own. If God does not pick you up, you are just an a dead Christian. Do you understand? If God does not pick you to use you as his battle axe, you are nothing. 
So what the Bible is saying with you, we have to appreciate that we need to submit our life. We need to have the life of submission to God so that He can use us. Please, and God is reminding us this weekend that He wants to use you. He wants to use me. All this we are doing, studying the Bible, is an attempt eh, for God to encourage your heart to be used. I know it's cold. Do you want to use my jacket? <laughs> it's not a problem. We'll add it to eh? So please, let, let me encourage us. And um, my heart, yes, my heart goes out to you, young people, because let me tell you, by God's grace, we've seen what you people grow. Eh? Very soon now, you guys will get to Or you don't believe it. <laughs> you, it's true. Let me tell you, see, we've known you when you were younger, much younger. And thank God, God has given us life. We've seen you grow, but you are still coming along that we are sharing fellowship together I'm really happy about that but please let's step up to the next level do you understand God wants to use you far more than he's using you now he, he's telling you you are his battle axe he's saying with you he's going to break and he's going to be with you God is going to use you please make yourself available do you understand prepare yourself and we are going to be talking about that preparation in the next session. So we are going to, I'm going to stop here. Sorry, I know I've only done verse 20. But I think we've encouraged ourselves to a point. The next session, by God's grace, we are going to do a Bible study. I have, I think I have the one purpose, yes. We are going to, I'm going to share an outline out. We will look at scriptures together. We will read it together and we will discuss. The reason for this, and I will moderate, the reason for this is so that we can be encouraged to look at the word of God and discover it yourself. It's not enough, you see, in as much as somebody standing there talking, if you open it and you are studying it and you are saying, what is this saying? It, 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 it simulates a hunger for God yourself. Do you understand? Do you know John the Baptist said something that touched me? John the Baptist said, I baptize with water. Eh? That's what John the Baptist said. I baptize with water, but the person that is coming after me, that's Jesus, is going to come with fire. I want to encourage you. When you read the Bible hmm, and you discover the word of God yourself, that the Holy Spirit is teaching you, honestly, it and it stimulates fire in your heart. It warms your heart. Do you understand? Even if I stand here and talk and I'm doing a lot of gymnastics, eh? it's only water. <laughs> Honestly, it's only water. When you see the truth yourself, I know that ah, I've seen something here. You can run on the, on the inspiration of that word for a long time. That's why I want to encourage you. You see, all this we want to, and I'm sure Pastor John will bear me witness with this, is good. If you 
also are studying your scriptures yourself. You are checking, you are saying, What is he saying? Patulax, what does that mean? And you are thinking about it, you are asking God, God, what, how does that apply to me? So that's what the Bible study is to encourage. I pray the Lord will help us. So we are going to pray now. And we'll just just talk to God briefly in your heart. Just before we go for the next session. Just reflect on some of the things we've talked about now. And I just want to help you by saying one of those things we've talked about is those rough ways. Those crooked ways. Those terrible habits. God wants to shave it off. And all you, all you can do is to ask God for forgiveness and pray truly in repentance and say, Lord, help me. I don't want to do this again. The Bible says, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and doesn't stop there, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, I want you to just Bow your hearts now and reflect and just pray to God in your heart. We'll give you some minutes to do that. Just pray to God and say, Lord, this is my bad habit. You know, you know it. Lord, help me. I repent of it. I want to move on with you. I want to walk with you. Let's just have some moments of reflection and prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the insight you've given us. Thank you for those instructions you are bringing our way about how we can be your battle. Lord, help us to accept that truly you have made this declaration that we are your battle. We are your weapons of war. You want to do a lot of things. You want to, you want to break kingdoms. Lord, looking at that scripture, it shows the variety and the spread of what you want to do with our lives. You are not just interested in breaking people's hearts, even in church. But you want to do it at the workplace, in the schools. You want to use us as we relate with our neighbors, as we, as we, 
as we carry out our daily activities. You want to use us to break those high fallacies arguments against you. You want you want to use us to break break that so that people can bow to me, so that people can submit to your lordship. You want to use us to do that, but Lord, we ourselves need to be broken. We ourselves need to be sharp, sharpened. And so we are praying that you help us. Help us that we will truly submit to you. Areas of our lives, Lord, that, that need cutting off. Those bad habits we have, Lord Jesus, and Lord, you know everybody's heart here. We are praying that you come and meet us at the point of our needs. Help us to arise so that we can arise in that, in that reassurance that you have forgiven us and that we will cooperate with you so that you can cleanse us from all the right of us. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, we pray for the next session. We are asking that we will benefit so much from it. It will be a time of refreshing for our souls. Thank you for Jesus' name. Amen. Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 